Hey, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Bob Baker. Bob is the founder of the Empowered Artist Movement. He is also an author, musician, improv comedy actor, painter, and all-around awesome guy and friend. Hi, Bob Baker. Well, hello, Mish. I was curious when when you uh, described the show, do I fall into the wacky... (laughs) The wonderful, what was the, were those three words? So many people want to know. I'm not telling, no. <laughs> but, you know, okay, the thing I always tell people, yeah. though, it's weird in a good way. Yeah, weird, right? wacky, Weird and, and wacky oh, in a good way and W's. wonderful. Yeah, you know, I'm weird, wacky, and wonderful. I tend to attract weird, wacky, and wonderful. I embrace all three of those I, descriptions. And we should, yeah, right? Because that's who we are. Yeah. So we have been friends for a long time now. At least several years. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now I get to have you on my podcast, which makes me so excited and happy. And we, we've started hanging out a lot more because we're both hanging out at Medici Media Space Medici, all the time. Yeah, that's an awesome place. And thank you for being one of the Yeah, There's like two or three people that have planted the seeds. And I started hanging out there earlier this year. And now I'm kind of full on. And yeah. Because you, yeah. you get to do magical things. Right now you're doing improv classes out there. Do, but but I, yeah, but, talk about it. Because the improv, I went to one of your classes. You did. It yeah. was hilarious. I had so much fun. It is a blast. Yeah. And we're in, so that's something I've been doing. Well, I'm very blessed just for those people that. That may not know me as well as you do. I'm very <laughs> blessed to have to live a life immersed in the arts. Yes. And I'm very also very lucky that at an early age, like a lot of the things that I'm doing as an adult now, uh, I can trace back to childhood. You know, which I think is that's really like a lot of people, you they're adults and they go, I don't know what my passion is, what am I meant to do? And but right. I, I saw those things early on. I had an interest in the written word, had an interest in music in grade school, but you know, by middle school, I was starting to play the guitar, playing in bands in high school. Then in my mid to late 20s started publishing a local music newspaper here in our hometown of St. of St. Louis and so I've kind of been um, uh, yeah, self-employed in the arts for much of my life I've, although I've had day jobs you know and part-time <laughs> jobs and temp jobs to make ends meet but the last one was over 14 years ago you know and so but improv so yeah the performing arts uh, 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 visual arts I mean it's it's really crazy that the, the, the array of things that I well, do well I, I was you know? I remember thinking how impressed I was because I think it's hard to make it as a writer mm-hmm. you also teach people how to make it as how to self-publish and make it as a writer but that you were like just cranking out books like crazy yeah at the time I was just doing what came natural. Uh, I didn't, but looking back, people have referred to me as, I guess, kind of a pioneer or a trailblazer in, in on, online marketing and also information, digital information publishing. You know, I mean, the mid-90s, I was online and spreading my message by email and through, and through the web and building an email list. I was selling downloads of some of my books in the early 2000s, long before there was a Kindle store or right. e-readers or anything, you know? And so, uh, and I'm like, I'm just going to create my own Circumstances. You know? I love it, but the, it's so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about it now. How there are indie, and you, you. So in the music world too, you've also been a force in helping the indie artists figure out right. how to make it in that world. Um, and talk to the importance of that because I feel like the music industry is still a little. I mean, it, it they they can really take advantage of some of these artists. Well, I think it goes with any industry. Yeah, there's people. So there are a lot of people clamoring or have dreams. Like so, I guess the arts. A lot, of, a lot of them, especially music, it's a glamour field. It's like acting. You know, right. a lot of people want. They have these dreams about wanting to be on the rock and the red carpet or having, 
you know, being on the what a billboard hot 100 <laughs> list or whatever. And so anytime you have a lot of people clamoring to do something, though, people will step up to, to offer services and want to get paid to help them. And, and then some of them are more uh, honest than others. I've never really been one of the, I know there's a lot of people out there that, were, that warn you about being aware of the sharks. Um, right. Certainly you should, but I guess I just, I, I guess I, I take a more <laughs> optimistic <laughs> viewpoint uh, and just try to, yeah, my message is one of empowerment and then getting uncomfortable terms with marketing because you're right you mentioned um my main niche for the for 20 almost nearly 25 years is music marketing right um and i came at this not from somebody who was part of the industry because i've never worked for a record label i've never managed a successful band or you know i've been a, an active working musician in the right. region for many for decades um but i was always this i still think of myself as this curious musician who was this? Who wanted to figure out how, why do some acts attract attention and build a fan base and build a career while others, while the most struggle? You know what right. are these people doing right? And so I just sort of dedicated my life to dissecting that and examining it, interviewing the successful pe- people, and basically um, trying to figure out what are the elements of success. Because it is know? interesting. It's interesting how you know you'll see some musicians that are struggling to make it, and you know sometimes I'm like. I kind of know why, but then, yeah. but then other times I'm thinking they're like super talented. They right. why aren't they on some big stage somewhere? Right. And and marketing has a lot to do with how. So that is yeah. so. It's so interesting to me that you were you're this artistic, super talented guy, but you figured out at some point. Mm-hmm. You got to market it. You can't do. I call it the field of dreams marketing, right? Build it and they will come. No, build it, market it well, (laughs) and then they're going to show up. If it's it's really amazing, I mean, there are there are some artists, people that I've interviewed over the years who who seem to have this lackadaisical approach, and all these things came to them. I mean, but that's a that's a rarity. How nice for them. Yeah, (laughs) they they were born on the right day at the right time. (laughs) Yeah, most of the people I focus on, they're not only talented, and sometimes they're just like average talent too. But they have the ability. But there's something about their songs that connects with people. It's all about right. the connection with the person, the emotional connection. Yes. Um, I, I was. I attended. So CD Baby is this big independent uh, website. It's been around for many years. They have an annual conference now, and I, t- I attended one in Nashville. And there was a songwriter named Mary Gaucher who was interviewed in one of the keynotes. You know, and and uh, she said this. It sounds really simple, but it's so so true. She goes, "Make them, make them laugh, make them cry, make them dance, and make them sing." And people will be willing to pay you. It's like, true. Get people to feel something. Right. So it could be uplifting. It could be, you know, it could be crying your beer. Um, get, get them to sing, engage. You right. Know? And, and, and if you get people engaged, give them an experience, whether that's from just listening to your song or being at an event with or whether with a lot of other people. If you could do that, you have a much better opportunity of building a career and people will pay you for that experience. You exactly. Know? So that's been kind of my mantra is that that fan. Like a lot of people talk about what buttons to push and, you know, and again, beware of the sharks. There's all sorts of messages, but mine is just like focus on fans and that relationship, making people feel something, build a community of people that love and support what you do and how you make them feel. Which is you know? perfect. Yeah. That's exactly, I mean, that's what you do on social media, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you connect with people. I always say you have to, you have to hit them either, you have to hit them in the heart or on the funny bone, all right? Oh, Those yeah. are like the two places that people will will pay attention. And if you can do that and build a community around it, mm-hmm. there you go. And it doesn't have to be, hundreds of thousands of people, you can still make it with a small community that just 
is attracted to whatever right. you're doing. So you said something earlier that's a common thing. That, that So yeah, you said you see some artists and you go, my God, they're amazing talents. Why aren't they on a big state? Why aren't they on magazine covers and playing right. in stadiums or whatever? And so that that is a... Because um, th- I think what happens is a lot of musicians are just creative, just people that pursue all of those glamour fields. They were probably initially inspired by seeing someone well-known, you know, like the, for a lot of people my age was the Beatles or something they saw. Right. Or it was, you know, whatever, the, everybody has their, every generation has their own people that they see that go, you know, could be Beyonce or Katy Perry or for somebody younger, whatever. Um, and they go, I want to do that. So they start pursuing that, but they think to themselves, that's what success looks like. I have to be on the, you know, the, the billboard right. or, and, and, uh, and be a household name. But that's not you. But these days you get to define what success is you. <laughs> I love that though. No, that's exactly how it should be. Yeah. Just find success for you. All right. We're going to be right back with Bob Baker. We are back with Bob Baker. Okay, so you and I could get so chatty, and we we let's go back around to improv sure. because I think that that so the the improv class well that I went to was during mm-hmm. the day, and you tied it in with business. Yes, I love that idea. Yeah, so I'll just talk about my improv journey. So yeah, so obviously my life is immersed in creativity. Another sort of value that's high on my list is like it's, uh, a, a, a sense like. Some some of my most favorite memories of my life are when times I'm laughing with friends spontaneously. You yes. Know? So so I think humor is just a big like a value of of mine, and I think that people, especially adults, are too damn serious. And so I think we all need to lighten up. I don't up. have that problem. You, know? <laughs> you don't. No. No. We. Yeah. That's why we why, why we vibe exactly so well because we're both fun loving people. And so that that kind of permeates a lot of what I do too. Even in my books and when I do my own podcasts and and. And videos and all that stuff. There's definitely a human, you know, I kind of weave in a, a combination of it's mostly inspirational and educational, but I weave in some humor too. But but anyway, back in the 80s, I did a uh, I was went nuts. So I was in my 20s back in the <laughs> back in the day. Uh, but I did uh, went to an open mic like in 1985. I went to my first open mic night. I did and I ended That's up brave. doing stand up comedy part time for like 15 years, often, but just part part time. Started acting in plays, and I was just fascinated. Uh, I, I formed took my first improv class and formed my first improv group in 1985. Yeah. 30, hmm, three years ago or something crazy, Um, and just loved it. And so I I didn't do it like consistently. I was, you know, I did a lot of other things. I was playing in bands and then ended up publishing books and the newspaper and all this stuff. Um, So, but every few years or several years, I would kind of get back into it or form a troupe with some people and get out of it for a while. And then several years ago, a friend of, actually, we should all have a friend like this. I was having this conversation with a group of friends in Kirkwood here, outside of a local brewery or pub, <laughs> and talking about improv and how I think it'd be fun to teach it. And my friend stopped me and she goes, set a date. And she, I said, what? And Ooh, she, oh. <laughs> and, I and, like and it. She, she goes, I've heard you talk about improv for, you know, so many times. You always light up. It's obviously energizing right. you. She said, she said, set a date for your first class. I'll be there. And everybody at the, at the table goes, yeah, I'll, I'll come too. So my first improv class that I taught, like in 2011 or something, was with a group of like, 
like a dozen friends. There's just a test run, you know. Fun. And, and that was that planted the seed. It, it still kind of did it per, uh, per, periodically for a couple of years, and then I decided in like four years ago to do regular classes, you know. And I and I teach what's called short form improv, which if you've ever seen Whose Line Is It Anyway, right? Those are the type of short games, you know. Right. And uh, since I play the guitar, we we I do a lot of musical improv too. And and so the people who come to my classes uh, come for all sorts of reasons. Some of them do want to be performers; they want to learn the craft. But a lot of people just come to be silly, to do something different, to you know stretch themselves. Um, but I find myself giving. I find myself over the years. There's a lot of. Uh, I think improv is like the solution. <laughs> to every, there's a, there's so many life lessons that can yes. also be applied to business. So what what you were referring to is at Medici, we started uh, Josh uh, Levy and I, who's one of the co-founders of that space. We co-facilitate this improv for business and life during the day. And you attended one, at least yes. one of those, right? Yes, so what, I had a blast. What was your, was that your first time ever doing improv? Yeah, officially. I mean, I think I I do it just walking oh, yeah. around. Oh, yeah. but, but I mean, I for me the thing I thought was so much fun was that you would set us up like a scenario, mm-hmm. and then it's just like you had to just go. Right. And and so much of it. it bypasses the thought process you're just because you don't know where you're going to be at any right. given time with what the person is saying before you like when we did the instructions manual well, the instruction was one manual, of the things right, that we yeah. did and you had no idea where the person no. before you was going to go with it and when you were going to stop them and have the next person go or who was going to be pointed to so it's not even like you could try to do anything in your head you were just like I'm waiting for Bob to point to me I'm waiting he pointed to me and then you just got to talk right. you know but what's the and skill you have to put into place to be ready so yeah. I knew that the and I flubbed up the one time because I wasn't supposed to repeat but but that yeah but that's okay. Oh, but you need to listen, right? You have to totally listen. You have right. to be so like ready to go. And and I just thought it was it was so fun though. I had a blast yeah, with yeah. it. And uh, and so yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. So a lot of people think that. So a lot of other people say, "Oh, I can't improvise. I can't do that." But really, if unless you're reading from a prepared statement or doing like a, you're in a play where you memorize lines, your whole life is an improvisation. Well, that's true. I have no idea what you're going to ask me or how I'm going to respond. You know, right. in this, this inter, interview where we are, imp- we, you improvise your whole life. But this takes yeah. it to a whole other creative yeah. level, right? You know, yeah. I mean, it's like you have to be in this scenario that you probably well will never be in unless right. you're in improv and you have to talk to this you know right. and so you're kind of improvising and, and trying to be clever on demand and so what trips people up is they get in their heads and they start overthinking oh i got to see something clever i got to be fun. what am i going to do right. here people are looking at me but but really the the best w- way to get good at improv is to let that go and yeah. just be in the moment be totally present paying attention to what's happening what your part because what separates improv from stand-up comedy is that you're not up there. You're rarely up there solo. You're co-creating with at least one other person. Exactly, which times. is what makes yeah. it so fun. And everybody yeah. was so cool with it. Like, you know, I yeah. mean, the way that you set it up really gets people at a place of ease and like, who cares if you're going to act goofy? Just yeah. get over it, In you fact, know? We do like a 30 minutes of warm-ups just getting silly, getting loose. Yeah. And, you know, I, and, I, hope, and I hope that, yeah, I, I always try to create a supportive, fun-loving atmosphere where this is a place where you can be you can be uh, not ch- childish but childlike playful silly uh you know and and you have permission to, you're encouraged to do that yeah, you know be goofy i'm all about being yeah. goofy though so to me that's the best when somebody yeah. gives you a license to do it 
<laughs> and can't you see where areas in your life and your business where being present and listening to your customer, listening to your coworker, trying to understand where they're coming from, that could be a helpful thing. Well, yeah, right? of course. And that's what it, mm. I, I thought was so cool is at the end that we got, you took, you were like, okay, let's talk about how this applies to business. Yeah. So what great lessons for business people? Yeah. And another one is not being attached. Like a lot of times uh, you'll be given a scenario like, okay, start a scene and it takes place in the kitchen and that's all you got to go. And you right. and you might have in your head, oh, okay, I'm going to be uh, the dishwasher repairman coming or whatever. Right. But your partner may say something, might open the scene and go, grandpa, get over here. So you have to <laughs> abandon whatever idea you had and go with the reality of what your partner just said. So you have to like not be attached to your ideas. Exactly. Which is a great lesson. Yep, in business right? and life. Most suffering, I think this is a Buddhist thing, is it being attached to, you know, the world needs to be this way. You right, know? right, you know? right. Yeah, no, that won't happen <laughs> right. for anybody. It's, well, and so. also I, I have a thing about if you get attached to something, mm -hmm. then you may miss opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so in your head, it, I use this all the time as, as my, you know, and when I had gotten the calling, if you will, however many years ago that Ted was somehow going to come into my life. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, in my head, I could have said, oh, I'll have a Ted talk. But So if I would have attached that to it, I might have missed the opportunity. But the opportunity was really, well, you're going to be an organizer, mm. you know? And so- And you have in a big way, yeah, right? Yeah, and so you have to, so not being attached to anything around it, just like let let the door open. And right. then when the door opens, you know, you I realize the opportunity and now I will do the best I can with this opportunity. Right. There yeah. you go. And that's the way most success. I do think it's helpful to have, like, for, just from a, from a success point of view, I think it's helpful to have a goal that you're moving towards. Like, maybe yours initially was, I'm going to be, I want to give a TED talk. I mean, right, was that right. your initial goal? Mm, I want, and, actually, no. I mean, I, I was know. just kind of like, I wonder what it's going to, it's going to show up, but okay. I wonder what that's going to look like. Okay, so but I were, knew then, I was like, just, just. It yeah. was years before Steve Summers called me. <laughs> I mean, okay. you know, sometimes it's like, I feel like the universe gives me something. It's like, that's going to be a while. Right. Just be patient with this. <laughs> so, so in the years before I started publishing, so I mentioned earlier briefly, that I, I published a local like magazine that covered the music scene in St. Louis. Right. I started that in 1987, way back in the day. Um, now, in the years prior to that, I also had aspirations to publish a book, but I was confused about it. I wasn't sure what. But little did I know that taking the steps to publish this newspaper, which was crazy because I had no previous experience, no business doing it, but just figured it out <laughs> as I went along. And I did it for a decade. That's awesome. Um, but it was actually through th uh, that newspaper, through a series of events I won't go into right now, but that led to my first book being published. And I never could have planned that out in a million years. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love it. So you got to be open to opportunities as they Open to opportunities. Well said, Bob Baker. And we will be right back. We are back with Bob Baker and questions. So I happen to know that one of your books showed up in a movie. And I want you to talk yes. about that. But then I also want you to tell us, like, if, if a book could show up in another movie, what movie would that be? Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, wow. Oh, adding a twist on it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, uh, so, so yeah, you're referring to... So, yeah, so I've published 15 physical books over the past 25 years. 
Um, and I have additional titles that are in only in ebook and audiobook or online course form format. But as far as physical paperbacks, yeah, the f- 15, which is a nice little run. And I'm not done yet. I'm telling you. <laughs> the, the book I'm probably most known for is uh, called The Gorilla Music Marketing Handbook. First original, like primitive version came out over 20 years ago. Uh, and in 2003 or four, I got I got this email out of the blue from this guy uh, who said he worked for Paramount Pictures, was collecting uh, a props for a movie called The School of Rock with Jack Black. <laughs> I had a just I, some little movie. Yeah, I had to, uh, but I didn't. You know, at the time, I'm like, oh, cool. I think I'd heard of Jack Black, but I wasn't. And so I filled out. I just signed a one page release form, giving them permission to use it. Right. Sent it off. Forgot about it. Then um, started hearing promos like in 2004 about this movie. Wait. That's a movie I submitted my book to. But I'm going, what's the chance that, you know. It actually showed yeah, up. Yeah, you always hear about the scenes that are cut and, you know, how they're going to use it. And so I bought my ticket opening weekend. It's crowded theater. I'm like scouring every scene looking, you know. Right. And then about halfway through it, um, this gal who's, uh, her name is Miranda Cosgrove. She ended up being in a show called I Carly, but she was like 10 years old or something at the time and was, uh, her the character made her the band manager. Right. And and she was carrying it in a, in a classroom scene and I remember just like seeing it and, and yelling out there it is that's my book <laughs> yeah. that's my book which oh how fun in a crowded theater which was better than yelling fire I guess. well yeah that would have <laughs> yeah. caused issues yeah. so is so there that was cool. yeah. is there a movie you would love for your book to show up any a book different, a different book I'm trying to think of one where a lot of creative people because I know there's like a Star Wars book so Solo could be reading one of your books that's you, right. you, it could be like a classic Han Solo. Well, let's reading. see. They're they they're 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 in a whole other universe. Well, by then we've yeah. figured out space travel. Or, or Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Maybe one of the hobbits could be pursuing a creative career. And could, I, could be reading the empowered artist. Or exactly. The, or the passion principles. I like the idea of the hobbits reading it. Hobbit. Yes. The hobbits need to be more creative. <laughs> they, they need to get into music. Let's just come on. You're hobbits. I bet you, I'm sure someone Y'all should ha- be singing. I think someone has created hobbit music. They have. <laughs> I'm sure they have. Yeah. Oh, and it's probably in the like, artist somewhere on CD Baby. Yeah. The you, Hobbit artist. You know, there's a ton of, I don't know how active they are now, but when Harry Potter was all the rage, yeah. you know, and the books were coming, the movies were coming out, there were actually like, got dozens of Harry Potter-themed bands. Like, talk about a niche, you know. There's all these really? little niches you've never heard of. But, yeah. What did they, they sing about? I Magic they potions? Just, they just, it's like, I guess it's like the musical version of fan fiction, ah. maybe. You know? They just sing about the characters and the scenarios and all that. Anyway, that yeah. Out. So, there you go. Next so, question. All right. I loved when you were talking about connection, connecting yeah. with the audience. Do you, how do you do like do you do that or is it just part of how you are? Or like at what point did you go, I get it. I you, connecting with the audience is the big thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think it helped. I think it to so for, for me to be a writer, I think it also for this goes for any anyone. I think to be a creator, I think you also need to con- constantly remind yourself of what it's like to be a consumer of it. So I'm, I'm not only a musician, but I'm a fan, I'm not only an author, but I'm a reader. So I remember those things that uh, those moments. You know, I'm sure there have been times in your life when you've been reading like an inspirational book or something. And I've had a couple of these in years past where I'll read something and then be like, I'll go, be going through some issue and I'll just read something. And like I actually remember like stopping and putting the book down and pacing around the house and go, oh right. my god, that's it! Ding! Of course, yeah, right, yeah. Your eureka moment. And I do think about I would love 
And luckily, I've actually gotten feedback over the years from people who had those moments from reading my book. So I do cool. our books, or one of them could be a video or a podcast that I that I did. So I don't like go overboard, like purposely trying to create those, but I do want to inspire people. So whatever I have to do to get their attention and to you know share and be vulnerable and share my own you know uh, struggles and and successes. Um, but I'm definitely if you read my stuff, I'm not academic. I'm very conversational. Right. And so I think people. Right. The reason I think I've done well with my music marketing stuff is because musicians, I'm a musician writing to other musicians in a conversational style, and I have a way of demystifying and making taking complicated topics and make them easy to wrap your brain around. Right. So that's kind of like one of my ways of connecting with people, throwing a little humor and a little inspiration, you know, and... It's that's, so, that's but it voice. is. I yeah. think that that's it. I, I like conversational voice. I'm the same way. I'm mm-hmm. all conversational in anything because mm-hmm. I think people can. It's relatable, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't even know what to ask you. So I'm thinking of your significant other, Pookie Lee, yes. and she went to Burning Man. Did you go to Burning Man, <laughs> or did have, you live vicariously through her yeah, at Burning Man? I have Man? not been to Burning Man. So yeah, Pookie and I have been together over 12 years. We're, we are both very like energetic. Uh, pl- we both have our own way of inspiring people to be playful and yeah. passionate, yep. but we do it in very different ways. And so we, uh, yeah, there's a lot of places where we overlap, but we create music together, you know, we're very... De- Dynamic performing. You got the agape choir. The, yeah, yeah, the choir's a little. Yeah, a little bit of a of a, of a yeah, kind of a. I'm not sure where where it stands. These, <laughs> it's it's it's, not, it's there when you feel yeah, like it. Yeah, yeah. We still have a core group of singers. Um, but uh, but yeah. So she she has things like burning. Like at this point in my life, I don't think I'd want to rough the sand and the heat and like you have to see. Like I yeah. wouldn't either. I was just wondering, like, what did she? I have no desire. Well, first of all, there has to be indoor plumbing. Or I have, <laughs> right. I cannot go. I do not want to go there. Air I'm like, camper. yeah, I'm like, yeah. I am like a big baby about yeah. comfort. Um, but did, I mean, what, what is it? What did she say about it? Yeah, I think she's. I think she's been at least twice, maybe three times, at least at least twice. And well, yeah, she went, and she's all into the you know spiritual. She was she was part of this one group called Shaman Dome. Okay. And so she's into like whole this shamanic. So have you ever heard the term woo woo? Well, you know, they, like I'm, this, I'm a, we're all about yeah. the woo woo. And so yeah. there, so there's a so so for those of you who may not know, woo woo is like somebody who's really into this like spiritual realms and energy work yeah. and all of these vibrational law. The, you know, up here. Things. <laughs> and so the, what the way I describe it is. I'm woo, and she's like woo, 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 woo. And so it's, <laughs> she takes the yeah. wooism to a whole yeah. other level, so right? I, yeah, I love it. And so I'm, yeah. I guess that's one way to describe uh, my attitudes. I'm very, I'm very open-minded. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not the type of person who's going to go, oh, that's that's BS. You right, know? right, I mean, right. You know, it's like I'm, maybe that is the way the world works. You well, know? and you have to realize um, that there's so many different people, and so people are going to have different experiences yeah. than uh, every, you know. I mean, because I know there's people like that's not true. I'm like, well. It's because I'm, you don't experience yeah. it. <laughs> well, a lot of people think make think maybe think that's weakness or like a fuzzy thinking where you're not committed to your opinions, but maybe that's part of an improv thing where I'm not attached. You know, I don't have to know all the answers to still enjoy life. You know, no, I I you know? I say that I do come off as a flake sometimes because I'm so yeah. not opinionated, but mo- mainly it's because I'm interested in everybody's perspective on things. Yeah. I I find it really interesting how different of a perspective someone can have on the same subject like 
Yeah. It can be so crazy. To, well, we're seeing that every day right now, but yeah. it can be so very different. So why is your perspective that way? I just, I always want to know. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would be against is anything, anything that's harming a person exactly. physically or their property or whatever. Doing, But you other have, than that, if it's just an opinion on on something or how the world works or is there, are there angels? Is there life after death? Right, is there right. all this stuff? Can, you, can somebody actually heal you with their... Either there, there's evidence on both sides, right? You know? Who, and and I don't a, know. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. But I'm open. I'm open to other people's <laughs> ideas, but I don't have an absolute positive like ah, this is how it is. Let me yeah, tell you, well, cool. I have all the knowledge here. You know, no. Th- there's another way that we connect here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, Bob Baker, thank you. This is so. I love having you on. This I just love fun. and adore you. You know that. I love I and adore do. Pookie. Um, I'm so excited that you came on today We're to talk at to the me. End of our journey. I know, like, oh my look, gosh. but no. T- so, can I give so people a little place to find I me? I want online? you to tell people where they can find you, and just if you have anything you want to make sure we know before we close, sure. go for it. So, the portal to all things Bob Baker <laughs> is this the basically the portal. So, there's a uh, take my name and put a hyphen between my first and last name. So it's Bob Baker, not Barker. He's the game show host, right? But right. Bob, Bob ba- so Bob Baker, right? Or Bob hyphen Baker dot com. And if you go there then you'll scroll down a little bit and you'll see there's links to the music marketing specific stuff there's me, there's links to our music uh, improv uh, visual arts and the thing that I do um, and so that's a great place if you uh, if somebody is involved in the arts I actually have a specific site uh, where you can go it's called uh, promoteyourcreativity.com promoteyourcreativity.com and that and if you uh, I'm giving away like free access to a course that I have on Udemy 30, oh cool <laughs> 30 ways to become an empowered artist and some other goodies and I have a creative entrepreneur podcast and you can get access to all that stuff by just entering your name and email there at promoteyourcreativity.com and you can learn about books like The Empowered Artist uh, The Passion Principles of course The Guerrilla Music Marketing Handbook oh I also wrote a book on musical improv with Laura Hall from well, whose line is it anyway? Really? Yeah. Oh my that, gosh, how cool! That was a couple. That came out a couple of years ago, and so lots prolific. of lots of stuff there. <laughs> so I encourage people to yeah get in touch with me and reach out and, and let me know what you're up to in the creative world. But and, it's important, and thank you because there's so many artists that once they they they, they want to create their art, but they have no idea mm-hmm. how to get it out there in the world, and that's what you teach them. No matter where, if you're writing, if you're creating paintings, if you are doing music, you mm-hmm. teach them how to. Get it out there so others can enjoy it. Right. And the first step is, is not focusing on the technology, but focusing on the human timeless elements like we talked about earlier, you know, connecting with people on an emotional level, serving serving them and figuring out how you, what you do benefits them and makes them feel something. And then once you understand that, then you can figure out how to do that on Facebook and Instagram, awesome <laughs> YouTube sauce. and all that stuff. I yeah. love it. Or just call me. I can help you with that That's part. right. Yeah. <laughs> Mish has got that, that social media down. Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Love Mish. and adore you. All right. Love and adore you too. Yahoo! <laughs> Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Mishmash. Go to iTunes, subscribe. We love you. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>